0: You're listening to Seventeen Karat K-Pop, the podcast that's a little bit of everything with a K-pop twist. From pop culture critiques, to the history of K-pop, to interviews with people in the K-pop industry and K-pop artists themselves, to concert and album reviews, to a deep dive into the discographies of different K-pop artists, to K-pop news updates, to stories about the music industry more broadly, this show tries to cover everything about K-pop and K-pop as it applies to the larger music and concert scenes. Visit 17carat for more information about the show. That's 17 C-A-R-A-T K-P-O-P dot C O M. Hello everybody and welcome back to 17 Carat K-pop. Today on the show the shiny spectacular. We're going to talk about all things Shiny from their debut up until their latest release. I could have made this episode just focused on fun facts about their discography or just a chronological order of their releases in the music video plot lines or I could just focus on symbols or something like that. But instead of dividing this episode into clear-cut, distinguished sections like that, I decided to just blend everything. So, as I go through in chronological order Shiny's album and video releases, I will take note of fun details worth noting, some tying into my broader theory, some just noteworthy in other ways, and then at the end I will tie it all together, apply to my theories about the SM Entertainment Universe at large, and hopefully by the end of this episode then you will have gotten a look at not only some theories and symbolism and meaning within Shiny's content, but also just in general an idea of what makes Shiny stand out from the rest, what they've been doing that's so impressive and how they really laid the groundwork for a lot of K pop artists that came after them. The group includes Taemin, Minho, Onu, Ki, and Joonhyun, who is still a part of the group no matter what. Shiny is five forever, we will never forget him. Shiny debuted in two thousand eight with Replay very reminiscent of the swirls of light and the overall concept of going from black and white to color that is in EXO and, and NCT content. So Shiny was laying the groundwork for SM Entertainment's universe and how it expands and connects to other artists right away from their debut year. I would also like to note that along with Replay came out a video for Love Like Oxygen, a different song on that album, and that proved that Shiny was ahead of their time. They made Ring Lights cool a decade before that was a thing. The video for Amigo is kind of accidentally funny. It's when Minho is like chasing this girl, sprinting across the street as they're on opposite sides of the street and they keep sprinting towards who knows what. And it ends in this really anticlimactic way where they just finally physically get close to each other and then the video just sort of ends. They approach each other and then that's it, that's our show. She comes back in later videos though, or at least the concept of her, even if it's not the same person. I think character wise it's supposed to represent the same girl. If Fantastic Baby by Big Bane is not the song that got you into K pop, it was probably Ring Ding Dong by Shiny or some something else from, you know, second gen stars. But still, Ring Ding Dong is just so classic K pop in every way and for the best reasons. It's so catchy and sounds like it should be like just something that Crazy Frog sings, something else that's geared towards kids, but it's not. It's catchy for all ages. It sounds like it should be the most annoying song in the world with little sounds, sound effects and ad libs and whatever, but it's actually, that adds to its appeal and its uniqueness. And I think that is what made Shiny stand out from the early days of their career is already, they had been showing again and again Before K-pop was the global sensation it is today, K-pop is worth checking out. There are some details in the Ring Ding Dong video that are actually deeper than it sounds when I say Ring Ding Dong video. First of all, they have these rooftop dance scenes and we see a full moon behind them. Keep that in mind. Also note that they see themselves at one point in these mirrors that have this fancy white frames, and they're very elaborately engraved. So the mirrors, the full moon, and then keep in mind that at the end of the video, they all sprout black angel wings. In 2009, they released the album Romeo with the single Juliet, which definitely paid some homage to the Romeo and Juliet movie with Leo DiCaprio and everything, with the fish tank scene, or the kind of a mimicking of that party scene at least, with the fancy elaborate mask wearing at the costume party, this I want to talk about today because the story behind Juliet by Shiny is just so unexpected and funny to me. In 2007, Corbin Blue released Deal with It, a song for his solo record. This was in his peak high school musical prime days of acting and singing and everything. He was like the Disney Channel cutie of the moment. I know I loved Corbin Blue. I was such a Corbin Blue stan during my high school musical stand days as a little kid and everything. That was actually a song that Shiny took and made their own. Deal with It by Corbin Blue. The high school musical kid, as he's known as, had his song bought by SM Entertainment two years later and rebranded into the song Juliet, with Korean lyrics rewritten for it by the Shiny members and everything. I remember listening to it for the first time and thinking, oh my gosh, they totally ripped off one of my childhood faves. Deal with It. Because I'd listened to this way after 2009 when I first got into K pop. And then I realized the backstory of it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is deal with it, only better. That's what K-pop does, it's your favorites, only better. If he wants to sing his old classics and release like actual studio versions of them, redone or whatever, if he ever wants to release something that he might financially get compensated for performing, he has to actually make sure that he gets SM Entertainment's permission now because they just flat out bought this. Jay Sean from Corbin Blues version might also have to get permission, From SM Entertainment, if he performs in the future. Remember, Jay Sean released that hit Down back in the day. So I wonder if, or I think it's called Down. Anyway, I wonder if there will be a real flash from the past moment where Shiny will perform someday. They'll perform Juliet Live and it'll have like a Corbin Blue and Jay Sean feature. That is so first century of the 2000s, isn't it? In 2010, they released Lucifer and the repackage was called Hello. Those electric lights that swirl around them, those bursts of color, that comes back in the Lucifer video. And while we're talking about High School Musical, I would also like to point out in the Lucifer video, there are a lot of times where there are are High School Musical movie poster level jumps where they stay suspended in the air in a really high jump although I'm not sure what it means, that being the cue in a video called Lucifer, but whatever. The video for Hello! is really cute and wholesome, and it just features the members dancing in an area that looks kind of like it was inspired by the aesthetics of Sesame Street. Then they released an album called The First in 2011, and then Sherlock in 2012, which is when they really proved how SM Entertainment and K-Pop in general can take songs to a next level of mastery truly, because they mixed Sherlock They created Sherlock by mixing Clue and Note. It's like what Super M did by combining Monster and Infinity into one track. Shiny did that back in 2012 with Sherlock and that just shows the cool ways that you can remix and mash up really good quality timeless songs. This is why I always get defensive when people say, you know, all pop music sounds the same. Well some of it should sound a bit similar because it makes for more fun mashups and the ability for a song to be something entirely different is actually very impressive. So the Sherlock video starts out in this library office setting, but the big dance sequences are performed in this place kind of looks like a grand Central station type place, manor, foyer, whatever you want to call it, and it's got this symbol on the floor that reminded me a little of the shape of a compass, which reminded me years later. I don't know if this was an intentional nod to NCT or not, but you never know that symbol was in the sky in the We Go Up NCT Dream video. In the Sherlock video, obviously they had to go with a mystery movie plot for the video and the members are analyzing these old papers, they're getting out the magnifying glasses, they're walking through caution tape trying to investigate the crime scene. They're trying to find this missing jewelry and long story short, they do. They find it in this sort of case that looks a lot like the Beauty and the Beast one where it's rounded in a certain way, but instead of holding a rose, it holds the jewelry. Throughout this video, they keep trying to catch this girl who keeps disappearing into thin air. Just literally, she's disappearing. So Ming-Ho tries to prove that she exists by taking a picture of her, and it works. He does get the flash to go off, but when it does, she poofs into thin air yet again. After this day-long heist, they look at the newspaper headlines the next morning and see two key ones. One says, Shiny found the jewelry, and the other one says, 1910, the most beautiful girl and jewelry. In 2013, two of their newest albums were combined into this mega album called The Misconceptions of Us. The Dream Girl video, that's when they really 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 started leaning heavily into this surrealist concept. This thought that gravity doesn't apply to their videos, the weird quirky funhouse aesthetics, the bright colors, the oddly shaped buildings and statues and other awnings and things like that, the mix-match patterns, The outfits and the backgrounds being so elaborate and just eye-catching, you don't know where to look first. That chaotic energy was suddenly brought to the forefront of their work through Dream Girl. This is also the first video where the members start glitching in and out a little bit. The transitions between scenes in the video also kind of seem to glitch, like they're just blipping between each other. I don't think it's a coincidence that this gravity doesn't apply to them, things are really quirky and out there era really started with Dream Girl. I don't think it's a coincidence that during the same era the members are starting to glitch in and out of the scene. We'll get back to this theory later. The video for why so serious is interesting. It is of course not serious and the cop shows up to try to shut down this party that the guys are holding but something about it just entrances him and so he ends up just staring looking through the window of this house where the party's taking place just watching the party unfold and he never goes in to put an end to it. It's not always entirely clear if he's enjoying what he's seeing, but his mouth is agape and he can't stop staring at whatever's happening. 2013 is also when we got the album called Boys Meet You, which had two key music videos I want to talk about. One is Dazzling Girl. Remember that mirror with the white, elaborately engraved frame around it that I was talking about earlier? It's back in this video and it will be back again, so again, put a pin in this in this video also members take turns standing in front of this type of display that's hard to explain but when you know when you see it you understand automatically what i'm talking about it's sort of like a hexagon of mirror situation or an octagon of mirrors or something where it's all of these tall mirrors kind of like in a mall dressing room where you can suddenly walk in front of the mirror and you'll see like eight versions of yourself because of all the mirrors in the way they line up anyway that type of mirror display where you see a bunch of yourself is a part of this video. And Kai, remember, was standing in that same maze of mirrors of sorts in Super M's video for One. The video for One Thousand is really emotional, where it features this little kid in a hospital, but the kid can't seem to cheer up. A guy with a clown nose tries to no avail. Not sure that was the right attempt to cheer someone up. I would probably cry at the sight of that, but I digress. The little kid looks out the window and sees a row of five black cats walking in a straight line a reference possibly to the shiny members that turned into those black cats or otherwise it was just an omen an allusion to shiny being there for you the video starts where the boys are at this bus stop waiting to go somewhere and this conductor guy gets out and has a pocket watch and then at the end of the video we're back to the bus station but this time whatever happened on the bus ride really supercharged these boys superpowers because the guy with the pocket watch just kind of looks and nods at them and the boys unclench their fists and balls of fire burst out from their palms. It's like that trip kind of energized them, literally, like it supercharged them and now they charge the bus as well. Like they're, It doesn't run on gas, it runs on this firepower that translated to the members. Another key development in Shiny's story and just a key development in their career overall. Was when they released Everybody, the album, and the video in 2013. Not only does this video have a lot of symbols that have a lot of meaning to my greater theory, I'll get to in a bit, but also this video really solidified the fact that Shiny makes these visually interesting videos. It's a lot to take in, and that became even more officially defined as classically on brand for Shiny through this comeback. There were some images seen in rapid succession at the start of the video, including a scorpion, a carousel, this little kid standing in front of it wearing a creepy mask, rows of people in identical creepy looking masks in a different scene, and this little toy figure of sorts that pulls a plug into the outlet, and when he does, suddenly all the guys seem to spring to life, they just needed to be plugged in and now they are like wind-up toys. And the choreography also alludes to them being kind of wind-up toys, winding each other up. They also have this part of the video where they're standing on this giant chessboard, like a life-size chessboard, and they end up smashing chess pieces intentionally and breaking the game. They're also beside a giant gramophone. Here's what we need to stop and think about. What if they're not on a giant chessboard and they're not being charged by a little wind-up toy? They shrunk. Think about it, I've talked at length about Red Velvet's role in SM Entertainment's universe and how they're kind of like in this mini world within a world. What if Shiny gets to that point sometimes too? Where they shrink down, or maybe they're always in this tiny world. But maybe the chessboard was actual size and the members are shrunk. We will revisit this theory with more evidence later, but that's the first time in their music video storyline in 2013 where I started thinking, oh my gosh, What if they are, like, just little characters in certain videos? Then there was the release of I'm Your Boy, which came out with a deluxe edition as well in 2014. It's a very cute video with picnics and balloon rides, and it's just a very cute summer day. But the best part is in hindsight. Thinking about this video the other day, I realized that it was a template for the Dynamite video from BTS and the Blue Hour video from TXT. Because think about it, it has this bright, sunny day, with a grassy field the members dance in, and while they're in that grassy field dancing, we see bursts of bright colors from behind them. That's more for dynamite, you know what I mean. Because the members do that, they have these squares, these blocks of some sort around them in different colors, and that is the main pop of color in this field sunny day dancing scene. just made me think a lot about those big entertainment videos. The video for 3-2-1 is an underrated gem where they dance in front of these pop art images. It's very loud and bright and in-your-face. And this little toy figure of sorts connects the the plug to the outlet, and once he plugs in the members, they suddenly spring to life, and then they start acting a bit like they were wind-up toys just waiting to be charged. And the choreography further alludes to that wind-up toys concept. And they also change aesthetics partway through the video, which is really a sign of how Shiny lays the groundwork for video concepts for the artists who release videos after them like that. And in this case, the concept they laid the groundwork for is this kind of paper doll style aesthetic that the members turn into sort of paper dolls in a way. Super Junior's Melody video released just last year had that same concept, that very storybook Quality to it. In 2015, Shiny showed off this impressive duality between staying true to their very unique, quirky band identity and exploring a new chapter sonically. They released the single View that year, and this was quite a departure for them. It wasn't lo fi, that's not the best way to describe it. It was nowhere near melancholy, but compared to some of their relatively hyperactive pop songs of the past, view was a bit more chill, a bit more stripped back. It wasn't as busy. It was definitely more of a chill summer jam compared to their other songs, and their actual outfits were different and more casual, too. But during the same year, they also made sure to remind people that they're just exploring different concepts while always still never string for too long from the classic shiny look. They released their quirkiest video yet that same year, Married to the Music. This may be my favorite video of theirs because it is so off-the-rails quirky. It is like straight out of a Tim Burton movie, and we love to see it. I would love to see a whole movie based on this music video. There's a lot of chaos going on here. It starts out right away indicating that things are not as they seem because in neon red letters, you see at the beginning of the video the message, marriage is a slow death. Things are going crazy during this party. Key is pinned to this spinning wheel that someone's throwing a knife at. He throws it, and it chops his head off, but he keeps his head keeps sliding down the wheel and sinning. The show must go on. This is the ultimate example. I guess Jonghyun Hyun runs literally runs into this headless guest. Onu is trying to snap out of it and goes to the bathroom, drops his head in the sink hoping that splashing cold water on himself will help him wake up a little, but it makes things weirder because somehow it causes orange liquid to squirt out of the sink and Oni's nose falls off. Taitman loses his eyeballs, they go rolling across the floor after a baseball bat hits him in the back of the head. There's a lot of chaos because when someone's blindfolded, the baseball bat goes swinging and breaking everything in sight, including vases full of flowers. Everyone at this party is drinking this electric blue liquid and it causes Taemin's skin to turn this bluish glow. Hyun's lips are taken off of his face after he kisses someone, like she removed his lips. And then the girl takes the lips and puts them on the birthday cake, and the lips keep singing the song without missing a beat. This is how you really make sure the show goes on, people. They decide to gather around to sing happy birthday to someone, so it turns out this isn't just a party, this is someone's birthday party. The birthday party out of their dreams or nightmares depending on who it is. The candles end up converging their flames and starting a small singular fire on top of the cake and towards the very end of the video we see the full moon is out once again tonight. Lastly, for 2015, they released Dance Dance Dance, which is an underrated jam. In 2016, they released One of One, and then the repackaged album was called One and One. The One of One video, the main thing to note about that is that Shiny continued to show how they are actually the epitome of retrofuturism, that concept of taking old retro flair in fashion and sounds and combining those things with something brand new, thinking about the future and what might sound hip in the future. That's what their music always does. you know it's very retrofuturistic. It's very inspired by what came before them, but also carving their new path. And in the video, they are dancing on this white stage of sorts. They're on a little stage platform. Tell Me What To Do is a video that has party scenes but a lot less jovial than the Married to the Music party. Things get intense at the party and at the end of the night when it's pitch blackout, there starts to be this physical fight happening outside that Taman is heading up. There are a lot of images seen very abruptly throughout this video. A red flashing police light, fire and smoke, the remnants of a dangerous car crash. There's also this image of Key staring at himself in the mirror, but then suddenly the next image is of a car that has gone up in flames. Then Taman is standing outside the building and he holds up this lighter that he ends up dropping and it seemingly just is the point where he gives up on everything. He basically just, his arms outstretched, just gives ca- throws caution to the wind. It's a very much a moment where his pose of just kind of arms outstretched, ready to fall backwards and be done, That made me think a lot of win-win in regular NCT's video. Probably my second favorite shiny video is what we have to talk about next, which is Get the Treasure, which is from their album Five that came out in 2017. guys get out of this super retro black car, which looks like it's been untouched. It's so polished, but Taemin doesn't care about that. He detonates that car with the push of a button. We're back at the party scene now, but everything is frozen in time, so suspended in the air are drinks, and playing cards, and dollar bills, and everything that was a part of the action. Taman grabs a gun from one of the girls who's frozen in time, shoots the chandelier, and the chandelier falls to the ground, and suddenly the glass shards are in her face. This is such a great idea for a 3D movie. Get the treasure, full-length movie, but make it 3D. Because you get the glass shards, you get the end of the video where the jet suddenly shoots toward the camera and ends the whole video, Anyway, the main things to keep in mind are the fact that Taman is causing chaos. There's the broken chandelier on the floor now, playing cards are in the scene, and the members dance on this square platform, but the edges of their stage are now crumbling. They're turning into just falling debris. In 2018, they released From Now On, and the song From Now On is really, really, really beautiful. I also think this is their best cover art they've ever chosen for an album. It's very, very cool looking and would make for a great adult coloring page. And the one other note I wanna make about this album is just that the music video for Fire is really underrated. It's a very cute romantic video where the members literally light each other's flames. Like they tilt each other's candles toward each other to light each other's flames on their own candles and then all the candles get to light up. It's really cute. In 2018, Shiny tried some new things while also going back to the basics in other ways. They had this intentional, I think, intentional primary color scheme for their album cover work, kind of the back to the basics message, but they also did brand new things. They had a whole new story to tell and did it in chapters that were different than other times. Rather than combining two chapters into a big album like The Misconceptions of Us or something like that, they had a three-part series. So they released The Story of Light part one, part two, and part three, and then an epilogue, which repackaged and combined all of those songs in the trilogy, as well as some new songs. The Story of Light is one of my favorite K-pop albums of all time. It's so sleekly produced, and the vocals on it are beautiful. It's pop, but it also has more ballady stuff, and it mixes them in a way that's very interesting and keeps your attention. It's just overall a really, really impressive, cohesive work of art. For the Story of Light series, I'm going to talk about symbol-wise more than plot-wise, and a lot of these questions you have about those symbols and what they mean should be answered when I talk about the story that inspired this album. In Good Evening, that video has more frozen-in-time moments. Their environment has all of these cameras and tripods and TV screen set up. Key starts beating up and putting dents into this white piano that was already looking quite beaten down and weathered before he attacked it. There's a key scene where all the members sit next to each other covered with a plastic sheet and then uh, some purple paint starts falling on their heads like it's raining purple paint but it doesn't reach them it just touches the plastic that covers them. And also noteworthy in the scene are all the wilted flower petals scattered over the floor. The four members who were physically there stared down into the well, but they kept a fifth shadow in honor of Hyun's memory. I won't be talking too much about him today because it makes me emotional. His death really, really affected me. But for now, I don't want to lose it. So during my recording, I may not talk too much about that time in Chinese life as a group, but just know that they are always five. And that was a very cool reminder to fans of that. They left a space for him. And they also included his vocals in the Son R page that they found. Good evening transitions seamlessly into their next single, I Want You, with starting and the Want I Want You video picked up right where the last one left off, in the woods. The members are exploring in the woods. At one point they see this fox stare up at them. Make a note of that. Then the members find a well, presumably a different well than the one where we saw the five shadows when they looked into it. This one is filled with this glowing pink liquid and Ki is like, ooh, what's that? Reaches his hand into it and then of course falls forward and now he's like flying through the air in this bright pink universe. You know what that made me think of? NCT Dream's chewing gum room where they're all in that bright pink room and it feels like it's this alternate world they just entered. Just saying. The video for I Want You layers a lot of concepts that I think NCT Dream did too in the Wee Yun video especially where they layer like... The outlook of a computer game with a video game or being in a retro TV show mixed with, it's like a TV show within a movie or a movie within a game. It's like layers of reality happening here. Taman talks into the payphone at one point. That will make more sense later. And then Key has this moment where he's in outer space, takes a Polaroid picture, and then apparently that wasn't a smart thing to do because immediately the picture, once it comes out of the camera, floats away from him because he's in outer space. The members play this basketball game in the clouds, which which also reminded me of NCT content, playing basketball, and of course the NCT Dream members in the Wii On video playing in the clouds. And The video ends where the members fall back onto a mattress, kind of hinting that possibly some of this is all just a dream, a movie within a dream or a dream within a movie. The last single in this trilogy was Our Page, which is a super emotional song and one of their best, truly. They harmonize so beautifully, and the aesthetics are just so pleasing, their pastel suits and everything. The members go back onto this square stage again to sing, leaving a fifth mic open, and the members have this message in this video that seems to be not spoken as much as just implied, that life is going on no matter what. Amidst the tragedy of their group, they will persevere, and continue to believe in themselves as five members who can go on, because each of the members has their own scene where they look like they're giving up, but then they go back at it. Ming Ho is carrying on at a photo shoot, min goes on with his workout in the gym. Onu goes on with recording and hanging out in his recording studio making music. He is kind of facing reality because he takes off a VR headset he was using and is just really trying to come to terms with reality. That healing message seems to continue in their epilogue, Countless. It has this very much bright and It's a New Day feel to it and look to it. Taemin again is on the phone, we'll get to that later. He holds up a bouquet of blue flowers. Key is fiddling around with a record player. Which looks giant, but again, what if that's not a giant record player? What if the members stood on a normal record player and they shrunk? Onu also was on a phone call during this video. Members stop and stare up at the sky at something. That could be a reference to looking up at Joon Hyun, but it could also be a reference to what NCT is doing in their videos, stopping to stare up at the sky. Like there's this other world is out there and something's up with that alluded to in the story of light trilogy is the story of the little prince which i can summarize again for you here although i did break it down in the episode of the show called tell me your every story shameless plug the story has been very critically acclaimed and it really does have some great social commentary even though it's a kid's book and it's very bizarre and quirky the star of this book is a little prince a young boy who is traveling to different planets to understand the adults who are on those planets and what they do with their lives. The Little Prince tells the narrator, who is this pilot whose plane crashed onto the island, all about how his home planet is where he fell in love with this rose. Whenever roses are mentioned in any type of literary inspiration for an artist, take note of that because it's typically a symbol. The Little Prince meets people that are very easy to dislike on different planets. So on one planet, he meets this narcissist, On a different planet, there's this other character who views himself as a ruler and tries to order people to do stuff, but it doesn't work because he has no power, so he'll just say things like, I command the sun to set today to feel powerful, but it's totally fake. The business guy who tries to count stars to analyze them and figure out how to quantify their value and just totally doesn't just view them and appreciate them for their beauty. He visits this guy who lights lamps for a living and on his planet every day is a minute long so he lights the lamp and then has to put it out and light it again every single minute and that's just how he lives his life, dedicated to his work with no hobbies outside of his job. And he meets a guy who claims to be a geographer but never travels anywhere. So he meets a lot of adults who are basically spending their whole life devoted to their careers or to his specific narrow mindset without embracing their inner child, imagination, things like that. When the little prince gets to Earth, he can't find any of the humans, so he's really sad and lonely. A fox shows up to comfort him, hence the fox that we see in the shiny Story of Light trilogy. The little prince tames this fox to be a companion for him. And then he realizes why he loves that rose so much. Taking care of anything, whether it's a kid or a plant or whatever it is you feel like you are in charge of and taking care of, that fulfills a critical need to look outside of yourself and your job and have something else to feel like you can draw meaning from in your life. The story escalates quickly, one thing leads to another, and the prince just says, look. I want to get to my home planet, and I don't know how else to do this. There's a snake here now. Let the snake bite me. And if the bite is magical, it will transport me back to my home planet. If it turns out to not be magical, I will die from it. And he just decides to let the snake bite him and see what happens. It's a coin toss. So the snake does, and then the book ends, and we have no idea which of the two options actually happened. The details to remember for this story and my theory's sake are the fact we're talking about different planets, the overall more abstract concepts of beauty and the meaning of life and taking care of things, the foxes and the snakes. In the timeline now, we've reached 2021 when Shiny just released this past week, Don't Call Me, the album and the single of the same name. Noteworthy details from this video, Phones play a role in the story again. Key picks up a payphone and hears a message that says, I promise to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. He's also seen later posing by the chandelier that is still on the floor. Gravity continues to not apply here in the shiny world where Mingho is in a room and all this furniture is suspended in the air. Taemin is surrounded by these plastic sheets or curtains of some kind. Remember the plastic sheet from the good evening video? It's back. Meanwhile, there are repeated references to this all being a show or a movie, like the fact that there are scenes in front of a ticket booth, and the fact that Key watches himself on a projector screen. So, in real life, Key is watching the movie Key. Not super deep connected to any of my theories, but just seemed worth noting that Taman is by this fast-moving train, and that just made me think of the 100 video from Super M. Maybe there's a connection there with trains and other transportation in these videos, so if I had to sum up both Chinese music video themes and the s m entertainment music video universe in one word, it's this infinite infinite possibilities, limitlessness, all about just infinite realms of existence, and all of that, as I've detailed in other sm entertainment artist dedicated episodes of the show, there are so many dimensions from which sm entertainment artists play with the concept of reality and what is real and what's not and what dimension we live in. Whether it's talking about life on different planets or life shrunken down versus normal sized or a different experience that's heaven or hell or an experience with a certain layer of consciousness or dreamlike state, subconsciousness, different levels of reality in terms of what's constructed like it's, this is just a movie or a TV show in different dimensions of being in terms of 2D, 3D, etc. The lines between different levels of illusion and reality totally a cornerstone of what SM Entertainment does. So the process would typically go, in my theory about how this is all about limitlessness and infinite universes, as starting with needing self-actualization, coming to terms with every side of yourself. Then they can extend their powers, and they can realize, once they realize their full potential, they can use it to enact change on their environment. Then their universes can expand and multiply. Exo's universe, first it starts with understanding themselves, understanding their own strengths and who they are. Started the story with like what is love and the whole theme of figuring out who they are and what love is and what humans are like on planet earth, what they want and need in life and how to get their powers back. Once they get those powers, they know how to use them to their advantage, especially that was especially clear in the lucky one video where they run out of the facility and they try to bust out of being lab rats. These things should be just Int- chronological like you start with getting to know yourself then that reaches into influencing the world around you and gradually you're influencing more and more of the atmosphere but it's not that linear this is when the time loop element comes in where we're referencing everything is not in chronological order for SM entertainment artists a lot of it is referencing things out of order so let's unpack all of this step by step first of all it's about getting to know and coming to terms with every side of yourself for better or for worse. Remember, in Taman's latest Never Good Dance Again comebacks, in part one and part two, he talked about being inspired by Plato's theory of ideas. Plato's theory of ideas is essentially an argument about how the material world is very distinct from the world of ideas and thoughts. Those transcend space and time when material things never do. And so it's important to Feel more grounded and have that foundation by starting by focusing on thoughts and ideas. And once those are established, then meaning is added to material things. Maybe may be a reason why Taman named one of his sons heaven, because it's a world that exists independent of the changing world around you. The changing space and time, the heaven of ideas, as he calls them, will be constant at least at their core. That's why you should view them as more dependable than anything in your material world. Plato believed in this ob- objective idealism concept which has to do with separating the world of ideas from what he called our world. He viewed people as being in our world which is a mere copy of the real world of ideas. We are just the people that need to be used as tools to teach the meanings of the world of ideas to our fellow earthlings. But that is hard to do because we come with our own personal shadows. And Plato explains how the shadows are a great symbol of the issues that we have as people. Because we all have shadows, but we don't have shadows. Because he explains it as, we all think we have these shadows, but a shadow is a perfect example of what holds us back being just a social construct all in your head in some ways. Because a shadow is really a construct. If you look at a shadow, you see a shadow you don't really see anything. There's nothing tangible there. It's just a reflection of sunlight. The fact that we give it a name, even though it's just a reflection of sunlight, we're making it and turning it into something that it's not. And so he's basically describing the world as a whole shadow, a whole social construct of what it means to have the world of ideas. We are a shadow of the heaven of ideas. And the term shadow is used here in in that we have a lot of Work to do really to fulfill what the heaven of ideas wants to tell us. As I said when I discussed Plato's views earlier in a different episode, Plato does admit some of his theories about the way the world works, some of his philosophies have their flaws in them, but the overall arguments he's trying to make still have enough meaning to them and applications here that I think they're worth really trusting here and diving into. So let's look at some repeated symbols that both Shiny and Taman as a solo act have used in their work that seem to all allude to what Plato's theory of ideas is all about. First of all, the mirrors. There's a cracked mirror in Taman's video for Famous. There's also that hexagon or octagon of mirrors I just mentioned from Dazzling Girl. And Key stares at his reflection in Tell Me What To Do before the car suddenly bursts into flames. Cracked mirror or mirror on fire, whatever's happening, it's really hard for them to f- literally face themselves. Then there are clones and just other references to having a dual self. Taman does this a lot in his work. In Goodbye Taman one Taemin controls the water, a different side of him controls the fire. In one move video, one wears white and one wears black. That white clothes and black clothes duality was also part of Taman's idea promo. There are these mirrored images of Taman we see in Press Your Number and in Thirsty. Notably in the Press Your Number video, Taman is seen several times being both sides. He is the victim tied up and he is the kidnapper. He is the bank robber and the person behind the register. He is literally his own worst enemy. One of my theories is that Taman might be having this alter ego that commits all these crimes. I further felt like it might be true through the video for Criminal when Taman is led away by these security guards, and it made me think in that moment of that moment. In the XO video for Monster, where there's a similar scene where some inner beast is unleashed. So part one is coming to terms with every side of yourself and your identity, for better or for worse, getting to know the good and evil within you. Let's talk about how they've then utilized that good or evil force they recognized within them to unleash something or control their environment through the elements, especially fire. Taman literally plays with fire a lot in his work. He literally adds gasoline to the fire. And in the Press Your Number video, that is super clear when he seems to be trying to conceal the evidence of his crimes by dropping a lighter and dousing a car in gasoline. He also uses power of fire to emit sparks from his hands in the Flame of Love video, which is actually a very just visually stunning video I highly recommend watching. And the Phoenix swoops down at one point to basically drop flames on him that turn into black angel wings there's that black angel wing symbolism again there's the 1000 video i just talked about where the boys in shiny unclench their fists and balls of fire shoot out that's of course a superpower for exo as well there is a lot of smoke and fire at the car crash scene we see in the tell me what to do video this action continues in nct content where nothing happens the action doesn't really get going until until a lighter falls and a spark turns into a fire In the riding video, that's the case, it triggers a burst of images flashing across the screen, but only after the lighter falls to the ground and a flame starts erupting. The members don't appear in Make-A-Wish before they pop up in a flame. In that one scene, each member can only show up when they pop up in the flame as the members rotate around them. It's kind of like a seance type of situation there. And then in the interlude resonance video... The action starts after a lighter falls and starts a flame. Fire is, of course, playing a role in a lot of other videos. Idea, get the treasure, the video for fire, cherry bomb, a lot of SM Entertainment content. So now that we've touched on the ways that they better understand themselves and use their powers, let's talk about the symbols that reveal the aftermath of their powers. When they're assessing the damage or the benefits of whatever they did with those powers, and ultimately realize, wow, this was all a social construct. We're just living in the shadow of ideas here. This is not what we thought it was. This is all just an act, just a play. Just we're putting on an act here. This is a movie. This is a reference to something not real. There's a cassette and cassette player in Married to the Music, it starts the action. And there's, of course, the record player in the Countless video. And then there's the big gramophone that Key stands next to when they're on that giant chessboard. There are a lot of allusions in SM Entertainment artist's work to putting on theater performance. A lot of stages, like literal stages, they perform on, like in those shiny videos I referenced. A lot of scenes with small little TV screens and tripods and cameras and movie projectors. All of these references and symbols to the fact this is being filmed, this is orchestrated, this is not natural. There's the ticket booth, auditorium scenes, I could go on and on. This is a huge part of Red Velvet videos as well. Like there's the old school camera rolling for the Dum Dum video for Rookie. It starts with Andrew, and we're live. That's the start of the action when we hear a voice off screen say, and we're live. And we see the puppet strings, literal puppet strings being controlled, controlling the members' actions. Then there's the infomercial concept for Red Flavor. There's the big giant TV that the members are shrunken down to see in Power Up. There's the Hollywood sign in the background of Really Bad Boy, the ticket booth scene in Zimzalabim. I could go on and on and on. Further alluding to the fact this is all just artificial is the plastic sheets. Those are a part of some NCT videos, as well as Good Evening and Don't Call Me. There are a lot of references to glitching and popping in and out of a scene, or the image just being like a simulated image. It doesn't look like it's just real physically there. Like in the move video where Taman is sitting on this throne and the people around him turn into just glitching circles. There's also a bit of blurring of images in the idea video, and then of course in the video for Dream Girl, which includes even the transitions between scenes are just little blips. Then there's the fact that there are a lot of references to games, and this is all just kind of like a game to them, right? This is all an act, this is all a game to them. Like in the want video, we see dartboards and targets at the very beginning. There are playing cards suspended in the air for Get the Treasure. There are also playing cards that are part of Taman's Criminal video and Exo's Lotto video. Playing cards are a re- recurring theme for these artists. Then, like I said before, the giant chessboard. There's keys spinning on that wheel that someone's throwing knives at. They're all part of this big game of sorts. And the members realize that riches and wealth don't mean anything, because they're in this alternate universe where these riches and wealth don't really define them or do anything to permanently change who they are or their standard of living just in terms of a philosophical argument about what's working for them and how they feel fulfilled. That's why the chandelier keeps showing up as well as references to some sort of fancy dining table. That's why the crowns and thrones are referenced quite a bit, references to royal treatment. Taman sitting on that throne in the move video but everyone around him is not there to serve him, they're suddenly glitching away. In, in general, there are a lot of references to wealth and riches, that was the whole regular era for NCT, of course, and Win-Win tried to eat that diamond and get rich and that didn't really work. Then there's Onu driving around with a giant gold diamond ring in the Don't Call Me promo videos, or promo pictures, rather. There are a lot of references to different time periods, like that newspaper headline from 1910, is the girl from 1910 from that video, or are the shiny members from 1910? They don't clarify. In Thirsty, Taman has this clockwork-shaped choreography. Then we saw that magician man with the pocket watch in the 1000 video. He did something to give Shiny superpowers. The space-time continuum is whack here. There are a lot of references to getting older, like the birthday cake references from NCT content and. In the Married to the Music video, it's a birthday party. Further outside of the concepts of time and spaces, we know them on Earth, are the fact that there's a lot of levitation in SM Entertainment content as well. There's a girl levitating in Flame of Love, Taman's video, and in Taman's video for two kids, Taman is floating in the air at one point. Taman also has the power to levitate that he shows off in the Super M trailer. Gravity is totally not acting normally in the Dream Girl video from Shiny. And then, of course, there are the Frozen in Time videos, like at the Treasure. I could go on and on again. So my theory here is that this is all going back to the fact that, again, this all started with Fire Truck, a video that basically chronicled every stage of a girl's life. And in that video, it starts again. The cycle starts over again and... With a new generation, but what's old is new again. So all of this goes back to the bottom line of retrofuturism. What's old is new again, as well as really just what you can depend on to be consistent while also always changing. Change is the only constant, and that theme is really brought home here, especially when when you add the element of a time loop, we see how the decisions you make lose some of the help of hindsight or gain help from hindsight. Your actions are affected by who you think they affect at what time in your life you think it affects you or them. The moral compass through which you live your life is totally upended when the time is skewed. When the clock is skewed, the moral compass is skewed. I also theorize that maybe a member like Taman is leaving these symbols for himself. Like, he knows his evil alter ego is going to commit crime, so he's leaving these little easter eggs in past videos in the chronology so that maybe those warn his alter ego, hey, this will have bad consequences, trying to reverse some of that damage. Stepping aside from my more abstract theories here for a second, let's look at some other symbols that may have alternate meanings. First of all, the piano keeps showing up. In the Press Your Number video, the piano is sort of a cage because Taman is stuck under it in a way, tied and duct taped when he plays the victim. Remember in the Press Your Number video, he plays the kidnapper and the kidnapee. In Under My Skin, he also sits atop a piano. In Good Evening, he is smashing the piano that is already beaten down, but he's further making it look weathered and broken, like he's mad at it, for maybe being a cage or not doing what he had hoped it would. So there, I think, maybe there's some meaning about music being, forces you to get in touch with your inner emotions, which is kind of a blessing and a curse, because there are some hard emotions that you have to face and deal with, But, of course, it's necessary for healing to open up those wounds so you can bandage them. These symbols I'm talking about, of course, could all be coincidental, but they happen enough in the videos that they leave me suspicious, like there could be a deeper meaning here, a deeper reason why. So let me theorize the heck out of this stuff, please. Flowers seem to be a big symbol in the SM Entertainment world, and the colors of the flowers are especially noteworthy. In the pressure Number video, Taman starts by holding a white rose, but later in the video, the flowers are all blue. And the blue flowers become part of the heist scenes where he thinks that he is making off with a bunch of dollars, and realizes that he got tricked and now he's just making off with a bunch of blue flowers in suitcases instead of dollar bills. Those blue flowers similarly symbolize this defeat, this giving up, this desperation the sorrow in the goodbye video when they are part of his coffin. And then Taman is holding a bouquet of blue flowers again in the countless video. An interesting continuation because it left me thinking if there is a distinction or not between the Taman in his music videos and the Taman in Shiny's music videos. I think they're in one and the same world and maybe they're different sides, different alter egos, but I think ultimately the Taemin cinematic universe character is the same whether he's in a video for shiny or solo. Taman's alter ego that's evil, though, definitely gets more time to shine in his solo work. Like in the WANT video, the snake is wrapped around his right arm, and then these cables fall to the floor and suddenly look like snakes, too, instead of cables. They look more like snakes, which I thought was a clever way to reference losing your microphones, basically losing your voice. So he has the sin enveloping his arm, this snake. And then, of course, there are the dark angel wings that he deals with as well, that any other members do in Ring Ding Dong. Their alter egos may also be coming out when there's a full moon, because that is a recurring symbol for them, as well as red velvet and wavy and NCT, etc. The white engraving around the frame of the mirror, that was in Ring Ding Dong and Dazzling Girl. But what also I noted, this could be a coincidence, but you know, Tainment in the want video is in front of these towering doors that look like they have a similar level of elaborate white engraving. Fancy engraved doors that could match very well with those frames around the mirrors. I don't know, maybe there's an intentional uh, detail similarity there. The car crash scene. The car crash scene is super important for all these characters. It was a part of Kai's intro to us as a Super character in his teaser video. And it is a scene of the action in Press Your Number, Flame of Love, Tell Me What to Do. There's a broken down car, a big part of this story. And I think that mostly has to do with being a placeholder for the time loop storyline. Just a constant reminder of, hey, there's a time loop happening here. We're going back, flashing back to the car crash moment. The crash dummies. There are these crash dummies in the Tayman's video for Famous. And there's one in the backseat of the car Minho is driving in the Don't Call Me promo pictures which made me think that, really, the dummies are representative for both Tamin and Shiny as a reminder that this is all an act, but it's also not. So you're dealing with the repercussions of hurting real people while thinking that you're not. So the consequences can be very real, even if abstractly what you're doing seems superficial. Not at all actually going to leave a concrete impact. It can. This is not a test run. You can't just get off with a dummy being your only victim. Payphones! Payphones and, in general, phone calls seem to be a big deal for SM Entertainment characters. Two sides of Taemin at once are on the phone in an idea. Taemin is also using the payphone in I Want You and in Countless. Onu is also using the phone in Countless. And Don't Call Me Key is talking to the phone. <laughs> Lastly, in the Don't Call Me teaser video, a message says, in this area, some of my beliefs become a fantasy and some of my fantasies become my beliefs. Maybe the phones here are representative of them trying to communicate with the other worlds, the other dimensions in the SM Entertainment world, and so they're trying to contact other parallel universes, and maybe a phone is the way they try to do that, but keep failing. Last symbol, a mattress. When they fall on that, that ends the I Want You video, and that led me to believe that maybe this is all a dream within a dream, which is, of course, a theme I've beaten the horse to death about on the show before. In summary, Shiny started leaving an impact early on in their career for a couple reasons. One is because they just have charisma and catchy songs, and they continuously have expanded and redefined what it means to be a boy band. Second of all, they started planting seeds early on in their own videos for the SM Entertainment music video universe. Shiny served as sort of like a blueprint to jumpstart the whole cinematic action. They started with a few subtle references to a bigger storyline with more happening than you think, with allusions to magic spells and stuff like the colorful swirls way back in 2008 with Amigo, videos for songs that seem frivolous like Ring Ding Dawn, but then they planted those easter eggs for later. They introduced the concept of this being not in chronological order early on with the Sherlock video and the newspaper headline about it being 1910, they used a symbol that super m would later use with that maze of mirrors type of situation in dazzling girl they started realizing their power to control fire in the video for 1000 then they started hinting at maybe different worlds of different sizes where they were super shrunken down maybe instead of actually being on a giant chessboard, being on a giant record player maybe they were they were smaller and those objects were just normal sized that possibilities introduced in the everybody era. They then got more exploratory with the music video backgrounds like the pop art in Three, Two, One, and then the paper doll type of aesthetic in that same video. Then they took all of those little easter eggs and they combined them with things that are not symbols at all. Just pure chaos, classic shiny, just totally out of this world quirky stuff at that big party scene where they were losing eyes and noses and stuff in Mary to the music. They kept up that quirkiness for Get the Treasure when everyone was frozen in time and there were a lot of symbols there, but then in the interim between Get the Treasure and Married to the Music, they also released View and some other songs that were a little more relatively stripped back to show their range. They kept fans engaged in what they were releasing and excited to see what they would do next. And They continued to keep the intrigue up by taking some literary inspiration from The Little Prince, which helped create the concept behind their Story of Light trilogy. They used a lot of references to the little prince, some more directly than others, like the fox's presence is one of the most direct connections here, but then there's also the fact that they reference a rose in their work, and in general, flowers play a symbolic role. There's the outer space component, and in general, the sense that this little kid is looking for this imagination that he's not finding in the grown-up world, so he seeks an alternate reality. And then, of course, there's the snake. We There's a lot there, and That is why they used a story like that. When it's a very weird story that's hard to wrap your head around because it just defies all logic, that's a great one to use for a music video universe because you could spend so much time debating what was meant by all these little details and which ones were actually not meant to mean anything, and it's a lot of fun. During the Story of Light trilogy, they paid tribute to Jonghyun's memory by including his vocals in it still and giving a fifth shadow to their video when they all stared down in the well adding a fifth microphone in our page, and just continuing to make sure he's not forgotten. Shiny is five members always, and they reassured us of that with this whole trilogy, which also found a way to express sorrow while also expressing of a true belief that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and they're ready to take on a new day. Back to being less serious in the I want you video, which layers a bunch of different aesthetics, and it's kind of a computer screen type of look, it looks like you're playing a computer game in a video game in a movie or something. Lots of dimensions. then there's the don't call me Comeback, which really leaned heavily into the concept of retrofuturism, mixing inspiration you take from the past, your predictions for what the future looks like, and mixing them together to create something brand new in order to reach what I think this whole sm entertainment universe is about, which is the state of limitlessness. Accepting infinite universes it starts with understanding things like Plato's theory of ideas about how we are just temporary transporters of ideas that will stand the test of time even when we do not, and that everything in our material world is just the superficial copy of what the heaven of ideas looks like, the real world in Plato's mind. So, understanding the clear line we have to draw between the material world and the ideal heaven of ideas, it helps to recognize what is just a shadow because he views shadows as just this socially constructed term that really applies to nothing. There's nothing there. So recognize your shadows. That means coming to terms with your alter egos and just getting to know yourself, which these characters do through continuous mirror symbolism, reference to multiple selves, playing the good guy and the bad guy, color contrasts like Tamin in all white and Tamin in all black, and then maybe even just realizing you committed a crime, like when taming is carried out by security. Once you have grasped a knowledge of that, then you can take advantage of Earth while you're here. You can take advantage of the superficial world and actually try to make something out of it, which these characters do. There's a lot of fire references, and a lot of action can't start without that spark that starts a fire, which often happens when someone in. Any SM Entertainment group drops the lighter and starts a fire that way. Then, when you've mastered the elements, you realize you're creating many universes. Once you realize that one universe is socially constructed, you realize you can socially construct another one if you want. And so that's what these artists are doing in the SM Entertainment galaxy. But while they build all of these exoplanets or whatever you want to call them, At the end of the day they're still not satisfied because at this point they're self-aware enough to get that nothing really means anything until humans decided okay this means this and this means that and that can be empowering to think about so you can dismantle a definition that isn't working for society anymore but at the same time it can be disempowering makes you feel like nothing means anything and so those are emotions these characters are dealing with as they are becoming more and more aware, and the viewers are becoming more and more aware of the fact that these characters are in a movie or they're acting. There are all these references to empty auditoriums or you zoom out and see the movie cameras in the shot. There are also a lot of references to something being not quite right here, a lot of glitching in and out of scenes, references in general to things that are not real, like this is a game. Other symbols I just described include the piano and how that is viewed as kind of a source of them to find their muse in life and the opposite. Flowers and their different colors. Taman carries blue flowers a lot in a time of distress or feeling like people bailed on him, like his buddies during the robbery who replaced his money with flowers. The snakes have some obvious symbolism and Taman further has that kind of temptation symbolism with the apples in the famous video too, showing that that his alter ego is really struggling with that. The dark angel wings everywhere, the full moon when it comes out, this car crash scene that is pivotal and they keep coming back to it, crash dummies referencing the fact this is all kind of superficial, but at the same time the consequences they still need to deal with, phones and payphones to try to connect to different universes in references to sleep or maybe this is all a dream. I think it helps bring it home, the message here, by revisiting Taman's idea comeback lyrics, which include a dangerous dream that swallowed me, It's an infinite range in my world, perception is beyond the limits, your shadow that you finally found, everything you can't see, the moment that made me believe, deep dreams, deepening shadows, and killing me softly. And in the song Impressionable, he sings, inside the emotional line like a thread, you are standing on top of a multi-layered line. Which brings me to a concluding theory that String theory is something they are looking into. This is part of their story now. The ultimate short spark notes version of string theory is that what some people consider in science to be like a bunch of like single particles are actually strings of particles. The string theory views every one particle you thought was just one as actually several together still. Strings of particles that are intrinsically one in the same but at the same time different. It's a way of describing how It implies there has to be more than four dimensions in our world because the amount of particles that make up the world are surely well over two times the amount that we thought they were. So there may be at least seven dimensions, hence the seventh sense, just another reference I want to throw in there. So the universe is bigger than we ever imagined. That is a concept that some entertainment artists are really playing with in some interesting ways. There are so many more connections I've found over the years among SM Entertainment artists' work, in the symbolism, and possible meanings, but that is all for my interpretations today. Before I go, what I want to talk about is the fact that there is an increase of 1900% of hate crimes against Asians in the United States, which is beyond atrocious. If you want to find out more information about the hate crimes on the rise, what you can do to stop them, And even in some neighborhoods, how you can join certain groups of people who are teaming up to be chaperones in a way and help walk, especially elderly Asian Americans, wherever they want to go and make them feel safer walking around and just doing their errands, making them just feel safe in public. Or if you want to donate to those types of groups, all of that, you can get a lot of resources by following these accounts on Instagram and following the links there. I'm recommending Instagram because if you visit the website, you just visit the website once. But if you actually just follow these accounts, then it becomes a regular part of your feed and you never stop thinking about the importance of this issue. So so normalize daily news coverage about what's going on. Three to start with include at HateIsAVirus, at StopAAPIHate, and at NextShark. Next shark is about news more than activism, but it's important because sometimes there's not enough mainstream coverage of these anti-Asian hate crimes, so make sure you are staying aware of those. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all again very soon.